Introducing the Little Giants Podcast, brought to you by Highlight Hub, hosted by Elric Allison and Joey Riccatoni. He drops back the pass. Knock, knock. Oh, and he strips He's it. There. It's a fumble. He could go all the way. Touchdown! Are you trying That's to? Are you trying to That's fart or something? No, I couldn't think oh. of a joke. <laughs> couldn't think of a joke. Hey, it's episode eleven of the Little Giants podcast. Oh God, was a pretty good start. No, is that the sting at the start? Yeah, that was the sting. Okay. It's very contrived, but we're working with it. Yeah, yeah. Because right now, I don't want to like have to scrub through the whole video podcast and then find like the one moment where. What does contrived like, mean? Like prefabricated. It's like when uh, all these influencers are at these rallies that have been going on. I'm not going to get oh, into or the like when you record ones. yourself giving money to a homeless person or yeah, something. Yeah, it's very okay, your yeah, generosity yeah. is contrived. Uh, okay, cool. I got it. Let's be authentic. Come on, I get it. What's yeah. going on? Come on. Yeah, yeah. What's going on with the world, huh? Yeah, hey, yeah, hey, yeah, hey, yeah, hey, yeah. Here's hey. a take. Things are crazy out there. <laughs> <laughs> didn't realize we're in the cold take session already cold cuts maybe we should come up with a cold take session that'd be what funny. where we like where we repeat obvious things that of course are oh okay i thought you meant like like we talk about times that we were wrong no nah. like where we had cold takes because you yeah. could just go well, to mean, any browns week. draft it's every week we have cold no takes. i mean big picture cold takes yeah, I like guess. the time you said Johnny Menzel was a savior. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. I was excited when it happened. But hey, if me as a dumb fifteen-year-old thinks that that's a great pick, why does the forty-year-old people running the Browns think it's a good pick? They shouldn't be listening to people like me, and they are listening to people like me, or they had been at that point in time. But I think actually the GM of the Browns. At that time, was, was 15. Holmgren? I think he was 15. I think it was me, actually. <laughs> but yeah, Justin Gilbert. <laughs> that Johnny was a Manziel, really bad draft, man. The year before that, Barkevius Mingo. <laughs> the year before that, Trent Richardson. <gasps> you know what's funny? Swear. Swear to God. Yeah, I know. I remember you did call A year Trent before Richardson. I called that Trent no, Richardson. No, wait. Like in, in Trent Richardson's uh, freshman year, you were like, Browns are going to draft him in the first round. And even Nico Canavo gave me credit on that one, which is a rare thing, so... Yeah, you did call that one. That I was a hot it. take. All Real right. hot, bad pick. Episode 11, we are underway. That's pretty cool. We're gonna get a sweet <laughs> graphic going. Um, but, uh... <laughs> the Little Giants! It's like a 3D movie. It's like Spy Kids 3D. Or like a 70s, like... Oh yeah, in yeah. Technicolor. <laughs> um, have you ever seen Vertigo, like the Hitchcock movie? I haven't. But... Where like the, it's like the title screen, but it, the the movie's called Vertigo, so then it starts spinning around and stuff. We oh, could do really? that. But that's probably like the easiest thing to ever do, and it took three million dollars to do that back then. <laughs> <laughs> it's really sad. And eleven employees. Every Alfred Hitchcock movie could have been shot on the iPhone 12. That should be their tagline. For... That actually is probably true. Yeah. Um, also, side note, do you have your phone just so we can pull up our picks when we talk about it? Whatever. Well, when we get to it, we'll get to it, but just go to the website also. If you're looking for your picks, check on the Saturday or Sunday morning before the game start. We put our picks for point spread parlays 
on there all the time. So uh, you can hit the link in our bio and just click on the weekly picks tab on our thing. But we're just going to have it ready when we talk about it. But yeah, it was a kooky week in the NFL. We, I, I was way off. Way um, off. A lot of surprises that we're going to talk about. I mean, A lot of teams, like you said, you know... Uh, Doing that Jekyll and Hyde thing we've been seeing this year. Yeah. A lot of bad teams showing up and good teams not showing up. And yeah. Apparently, uh, what's his name? I don't even know his first name. Gilbert. The Garrett court. Gilbert. Garrett Gilbert. Apparently, he's the truth. Went off against a great I mean, defense. he was good. Um, Jerry Jones is probably like, get the Nucci back in. Yeah. <laughs> we need to lose. <laughs> The Cowboys going. They the sad thing is the Cowboys are still very much in that division race. They straight up could still go to the playoffs. What what Easily. is it? Three wins now is the yeah, leader. Yeah, the Eagles are three, four, and one. Yeah, yikes. Um, but that's uh before we get into the NFL, this is something that we've been wanting to doing, and just because NCAA is so saturated and boring for the first little bit of it because until rivalry week there's really nothing great going on but this past week there was great matchup notre dame and clemson it's just too bad that trevor lawrence couldn't play but dj we're just gonna i'm just gonna refer to him as dj for the rest of this segment yeah dj is that kid is the truth Dude, he was on um, Q, that show QB1, and he took over for the kid that they were doing like the expose on at John Bosco, and he lit it up, and that other kid ended up looking so bad, and basically no one's heard anything from him, and he hasn't yeah. even like, cracked the roster Like all Iowa. the All the um, hype was on uh, Spencer Rattler this year. Yeah. As like the, like, oh, he's the QB coming in, but like DJ is like... <laughs> Head and shoulders better than than Spencer Rattler, if you ask me. Oh, yeah, I'd take him for sure. And Spencer Rattler, too. He was another guy who was on QB1, where it's like major attitude problems, it seemed like. Like, very much like... Like, when the play isn't going his way, he's like, you guys are calling the wrong play. Or it's like a receiver drops a ball. He's like, yo, you gotta go... Like, he's like Uh, very... He's one of those guys that's very... Not a good leader. When you're pointing the finger... All thumbs, no fingers. When you're pointing the finger, there's three pointing back at you. And the thumb going pointing up. up. <laughs> that is the key to that statement. But um yeah, so Clemson Notre Dame. Really awesome game. I didn't get to watch the whole thing. I didn't. Um I didn't get to watch the whole thing, but we checked it out and I was just kind of peeking back and forth at the highlights here and there, but <clears throat> yeah, man, like what a game. I mean these they're just two teams that are like Top to bottom, their roster is so good. Yeah. Like, they have talent at every position, both of these teams. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, really the only discrepancy between Clemson and Notre Dame is that Notre Dame hasn't had, like, a top-tier QB. Right. Because Clemson, you know, they went from Taj Boyd, who was a great college quarterback. Mm -hmm. I know he didn't pan out in the NFL, but he was a great college quarterback. Then Deshaun Watson, Mm -hmm. Trevor Lawrence, and then it's going to be a very smooth transition to DJ. DJ, yeah. And that's a tough task for basically your first career start to be... Second. He started last week, too. Okay. Well... But he he destroyed whatever team. Big game. Yeah. First, like, it's college game day. Number one versus number four. In Notre Dame at the most... uh, Playing the most iconic program in the history of college sports like no doubt about it Rudy Rudy 
Rudy. Absolutely, Rudy. Uh, <laughs> but that uh, that Notre Dame running back, Kyron Williams. Woo-wee! Is that his name? Kyron. Yeah, Kyron. Yeah. With an E, not he, an I. He is. He had a huge game. He's like, he's small. He's like, he's got burst. He's got elusiveness. But mm-hmm. he also is like a. He's not afraid of contact. Like he he punched in a couple tough, you know, goal line touchdowns. Yeah, it's funny too because just a quick sidebar. It's like running backs are still that one position that's like all shapes and sizes doesn't matter. It's yeah. Like you have the Derrick Henrys of the world, and then you have the Alvin Kamaras who are small and seemingly cannot knock them over. Whereas quarterbacks, I feel like it's. You're either big and physical and you can move really well, or you're small and you can move really, really, really yeah. well, like how we saw with Tua and Kyler, which we'll get into. Um, but Ian Buck, they threw the book at him. Um, I mean, he's a, he's a good college quarterback. I don't know. Like, I think they project him as like a backup QB in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But like you never know. It's got good size on him, and these are the kind of games where you start to make a name for yourself. And right? He's, he's a good leader. Like as far as I know, my cousin is a diehard Notre Dame fan, and like apparently all the guys on the team love him. The coaches mm-hmm. love him. So you know, some team takes a flyer on him, fifth or sixth round. Someone gets injured, gets an opportunity. I could see Ian Book being a very solid NFL quarterback. Absolutely. He just doesn't have the arm strength. I think. Yeah, which kind of seems to be their thing with their quarterbacks. Yeah. It's like what you were saying. They never really have a top dude. Like, the last, like, biggest, biggest name they had was probably Brady Quinn, right? Jimmy Clausen was, like, great for them, but he sucked in the NFL. Yeah. So, that's... I, I don't get that. To me, as a number one, like, an elite high school quarterback, if I was in that position, you would think, man, it's like, Notre Dame, you're always gonna get a shot at the pros. Yeah. You're all like you're playing for the most storied franchise in history. Everyone's watching Notre Dame games. Yeah, I think it's honestly because they're a tougher school to get into than most Power 5 schools, right? Yeah. They're like Oh yeah, they're like all their guys are like they have good grades. Right. You don't get like morons relative to Canada, it's probably like Queens, you know, where it's like storied school. Yeah, Queens Mac type of deal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little bias there. Um, just, you know what I mean, in the sense where it's like there's long, long history yeah, within yeah, it. For sure. And um, so, yeah, but Clemson, dude, is like Dabo Sweeney just has everything on such a roll there. And it's nice to see that shift where you have, you know, you have a great team in the Big Ten. You have a great team in the ACC. You have a ton of great teams in the SEC. And then the Pac-12s kind of died off since uh, Oregon Oregon, faded yeah, away. like Mariota days. But USC also beat Arizona State, which yeah. was a crazy game apparently. Didn't get to watch any of the highlights of that. But I think Herm Edwards at Arizona State is doing a lot of good things. And you also want to see USC doing well, right? It's because they're one of those marquee programs. Right. They're like the Notre Dame of yeah. California, essentially. Yeah. Where it's, you know, you have so many legendary guys. And another school where you have a lot of quarterbacks that are great in college but don't really pan out other than Carson Palmer. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And even then, he, I don't like he was good mm-hmm. but he wasn't like transcendent great like mm-hmm. he was supposed to be right and um yeah so 
Notre Dame, Clemson, good game. Travis Etienne, that that's gonna that game is gonna be one of those games where you look back on it and you're like, oh my god, there was like twenty guys in the NFL in that game. Yeah, you know, it's like one hundred percent. Like some of those uh, Clemson, Bama, uh, like national championships. Yeah, if you like look back at like Deshaun, the one that Deshaun Watson and Clemson won. Mm-hmm. The amount of guys on that team that are probably in the NFL right now are crazy. Yeah, that, between b- both teams. Yeah, that's probably the best college football game I ever watched in my life. One hundred percent. Like yeah. that whole like Deshaun Watson, that whole like when he got hit and did the helicopter spin. Yeah, and just and then threw the touchdown to Hunter Renfro. Renfro. My guy, love like, him. He freaking torched the Chargers on Sunday Ew. with like a sixty-yard catch or something. That's, that's John Gruden's boy. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so great game. Really cool to see. And, you know, for people who are actually listening, tuning in, thank you. Please tell some people. <laughs> Anyone. Listeners are dropping off a little bit. <laughs> um, uh, Has nothing to do with the quality. It's no, your fault. Exactly. Um, but we're going to be talking a lot more about college football as the season goes on. And, once and we as get games it, are a little more important. As they get more important, more entertaining, and especially in the college football playoff. And then once the offseason hits, we're going to be talking a lot. NFL draft, mock drafts, all that sort of stuff. So a lot of cool stuff to come with college football. But let's get into NFL. So... Woo! That Monday night, or, or sorry, Sunday night, or not Sunday night. Monday night, ended up being more entertaining than Sunday night. Yeah. And Joe cut me some flacco. Yeah. Went off. Primetime Joe. That's yeah. He's just the playoff and primetime guy. What? What a guy. Um, but let's not talk about that piece of crap game. Um, yeah. Even though the New game Orleans we're talking about was Bay. crap. Yeah. Woo, dude! New Orleans is just has. They. I think we've talked about this at length. When yeah. it's an interdivision game, you turn it up even if yeah. you're not on the same level. They do not have the same kind of roster. They're obviously a different team when Michael Thomas is around. Yeah. But they just dialed up so much pressure. That defense was what won them the game. Like yeah. no quite like like yeah, the the offense put up what was it, thirty eight points. Yeah. But three picks. Three though. picks and like just constantly harassing Brady. He, Brady went three and out on his first four possessions. Yeah. And, like, if you can start a game by shutting out teams on their first four possessions and actually put up points, it's over after that. 100%. Dude, oh, I started Tom Brady. He got, like, two points in fantasy. <laughs> and Mike Evans somehow got eight. Um, but, yeah, that was just... That's as dominating as you could possibly get, right? So yeah. they're going to have the tiebreaker if they really and now, start to turn And things they have around, a better right? record than the Bucks now. Yeah. So they're they're ahead in the division standings and like they've they beat them in the week 1 and they stomped them in week 2 right. in Tampa. Right. So it's like I don't know, in terms of how I see Tampa versus how I see New Orleans, and I I know I mentioned that if New Orleans can beat Tampa Bay, they're probably the team that's going to come up into my top five. Yeah. But I think this game plus the Thursday night game, like I kind of uh, chalked up the Thursday night game to being because it's a Thursday nighter. Yeah. But obviously Tampa Bay is like not clicking the way they were. Right. There's sure. two games now where they're just. A little out of sync. Definitely. And I think their offensive line is very culpable in all of this. Honestly, just oh, yeah. getting the ball moving with Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones. It's like, they can do a lot when they get to the second level, like past the linebackers. Well, and that's the thing. They, 
the Bucks ran the ball four times, which is the least amount of runs in NFL history in a game. Ooh, I didn't even know that. Four carries. I turned it off after the, after the <laughs> they, first half. They rushed the ball four times. Leonard Fournette had zero rushes. And it's just like... Like, I know we sound like old school fogies here, but, like, you don't win a game like that. You don't win a football game by running the ball four times. Run the ball. That's how winning is done. You yeah. know, it's in our theme song. But, <laughs> but seriously, dude, it's like, I mean, obviously they had to abandon it when you're down yeah, once, 28 at halftime. Yeah. You, you have to just start airing it out. But Tom Brady's always been a quarterback. He's had a lot of time <laughs> in the pocket. And he's well, also, I think it's... Sorry, not to interrupt you, but okay. I think it's Tampa's scheme, too. Like, Bruce Arians wants to stretch... Long the, developing. You know, he, yeah, and so yeah. Brady, even when he didn't have the best O-line in New England, he he's a short and intermediate guy. Yeah, ball was out and Yeah, like, the whole tops. thing was like, you can't get to Brady to right. pressure him. But now with this, like, vertical offense, you can get to mm-hmm. Brady. And their offensive line is not that great, and so... Yeah, I like Tristan Wirfs, dude. I think he's having a little bit. He's definitely a solid and worth the pick that. Yeah. That they made to get him, but I think like he's he's having a he's having a rough go, and probably a lot because of the scheme. Like we're talking, yeah. where you know when Tom Wirfs is a large dude, like he is built huge. to road grade. Yeah, road grade. Like yeah. he's a he's a run blocking guy first. Yeah. So and you would think that they would really lean into that, but I think I think it's hard for a guy like Bruce Arians where you're like, look at all this, look at all this fun, look yeah. at all this these weapons I have to work with. I really want to air it out. I want to get Mike Evans the ball. I want to get Chris Godwin the ball. I don't even think it's the guys necessarily being like, man, like I need my slice of the pie. I think it's more no, so it's Arians yeah. being like, and that's another thing we've talked about: coaches who don't play to the players' strengths. They liked flex their system more yeah. than play, and you're seeing um, uh, Sean Payton. Yeah, he coached to win that game, right? Yep. He used everything he could. He's got Taysom Hill coming in, even though he has a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's doing what he needs to win by playing to his players' strengths. No, that offense does not look like any other offense in the NFL. No, no shot. It's, it's like. You have Drew Brees, he's going to be running like a West Coast type of scheme where he's throwing short, he's throwing bubble screens, he's throwing like intermediate, like 15 yards, like digs and stuff. Yeah. And then Taysom Hill's going to come in for a read option or even sometimes he'll take a shot. Yeah. And like just the way their offense runs is like, he Sean Payton is one of those like innovative guys, mm-hmm. you know, and so he's, he's always going to adapt to who he has. Mm-hmm. And too, you look at their running back, he's not a prototypical running no, back whatsoever. And you could say, ah, oh, well, he fell into their lap. No, they obviously scouted Alvin Kamara and they were like, look at this guy and look at how we could use him. We have an aging quarterback. We can get this guy on swing routes. We can split him out into the slot. Yeah. And we can basically create these short, intermediate, quick plays with a dynamic player who's amazing after the catch. Probably better than any running back after yeah, the catch in the NFL. Sure. So you kind of look at that and you're like, there's obviously a level of genius that's been unseen and it's starting to shed its light. Well, because so. he didn't have to be innovative when Drew Brees was at his peak physical, mm-hmm. you know, like when he was in peak form, right? Like right. when you didn't have to kind of 
help him move the ball. Right, you could just throw 5,000 yards to Marcus Colston yeah. and all those dudes, yeah. you know? So. And the, the really interesting thing, too, I think, is that it's like, when they're handing the ball off, it's to Latavius Murray. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. like what is Alvin Kamara? He's like... That's the thing, like, they have two number guys. number one back, but he's a scat back. They have two guys where, like, they're not even playing traditional positions. Like, mm. Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill are two huge parts of that offense, and, like, you're trying to describe what position they play, but you can't. Yeah. It's like, he's, uh... The shotgun Mormon. Yeah, <laughs> drop, special teams. Drop back. Yeah, like... Onside kick guy. Um, sometimes tight end. Yeah, it's it's crazy. But really, like, really fun to watch. And those are the things where it's... You'll see it, it was like back in 2008 with like Ronnie Hill or whoever. It was. Ronnie Brown. Ronnie Brown, Ronnie yeah, Brown yeah. on Miami. And it's like the Wildcat offense. Yeah. What the hell's going on with this? And then everyone, everyone tries it. to copy it. You can't copy it. There was something innate within him. It was like Josh Cribbs yeah. in Cleveland playing in the Wildcat. It worked because he was a quarterback at Kent State. You can sure. do that, and he's a great runner and returner too. You play to your players' strengths, and good things happen. But when you try and retrofit the players to the scheme, it never pans out. Yep. And that might be a little bit of what's going on in Tampa I think Bay it right is. now, right? I think it is. And I think hopefully Arians realizes that after getting humiliated on in prime time, mm-hmm. and like he goes, okay, you know what? Let's Tom Brady's wins won six Super Bowls. Let's kind of let him run the offense he is comfortable with running. Right, definitely. I know Mike Evans is a deep threat guy, but now you have Antonio Brown who can really open up the short game mm-hmm. for you. Right. Chris Godwin is a short intermediate guy too. Mm-hmm. So like maybe Mike Evans's targets go down. You don't get to you know throw the go routes to him as much, but. I guarantee they'll be a better team. Even still, though, I still think Chris Godwin is more of a vertical threat than Mike Evans really is because Chris Collinsworth was talking um, basically about how when Mike Evans is in the slot, that physical mismatch of having a safety Mm -hmm. come down to cover him where you can get inside on guys versus trying to out-jump with the defensive back on the inside of you, he can body people and box them out in the middle of the field, which is super advantageous for them. And it's a big target to get the ball on on drag routes and slants and digs and stuff so i think that's kind of what they need to do and flip it and get chris godwin on the outside burning pulling the safeties off and giving mike evan those one-on-one opportunities and as well antonio brown but i mean antonio brown so let's talk about our bold predictions i was saying he was gonna have over 100 yards and two touchdowns not that it was even close. That game was completely out of hands immediately, yeah. but he looked super comfortable, honestly, for the most part. Like, he looked good out he, there. He looked in shape, which is rare for a guy who is coming off of two days of practice. Yeah. Like, that is, like, again, we talked about it last time, like a testament to his work ethic. Mm-hmm. If you watched uh, the Ravens-Colts game, Des, Des Bryant, when he got on the field, I didn't d- see that. he did not look in, like... Like in peak shape. He's been boxing his mom. Whoa. <laughs> He's just a little heavy. Like I, I don't know if he got any targets, but I saw him try and like get out there and block, and like he was missing blocks and yeah. not getting in front of guys. So I, I hope that, Des Bryant can kind of play his way back he's in. He's also and, a lot older, and he's a more physical type player. And he's been off for three years. Yeah, that's uh, that's a lot more to deal with, I think, than. Um, um, 
than um, AB coming back, you know? He yeah. played last year. So, but yeah, so my bold prediction was 100% off. Yours was right, but for the wrong Yeah, wrong I, I said Drew Brees would throw three picks. Tom Brady threw three picks. So we're going to... We're gonna go back. Give me half a point. We're gonna there. go back like 1984 and scrub it and Heck change yeah. the news. Heck yeah, we are. Oh, but uh, all right. Moving game all around. We're looking for last thing that I'm gonna say. Tom Brady's biggest game where he was dropping dimes was against Oakland, and they have a bad pass rush. So looking back at that, yeah, that is like that is more indicative of what's going on, and they can't expect him to be that guy. He still has the talent to be that guy, but their offensive line is not there for them. No, to be and that that's way. what I mean. Like that's the the thing where it's like, okay, you brought in Antonio Brown, you didn't need another weapon. That team is already loaded with talent. Yeah, you need offensive linemen. Yeah, so. Yeah, well, um, let's get on to the next one. Uh, Seattle-Buffalo. We were getting a little scared about Josh Allen for a little while and there. And he man. showed up. Dude, he showed up major laser. and um, We're back on the hype train. Yeah, dude. Honestly, honestly though, late into that game when they were down 21... Seattle was down yeah. 21, and then they kind of started rallying back. They got the first touchdown, and then they were going to drive down and score that second one, basically get it within seven points. Um, dude, I think Seattle would have made that game within three points if whoever it was hadn't missed that block and then gotten Russell Wilson's yeah. strip sacked. I think so, too, because Seattle always finds a way to, to get back. Always finds in. a way. Like, Russell Wilson had four turnovers. Mm-hmm. And it was still only a 10-point game. Yeah. Like, that's... Not a lot of teams can say, hey, our best player is going to have four turnovers. But it's not... It's like when other teams are like, okay, we're down 14. It's like, we're done. People say die. It's like, Russell Wilson never says die. That team never says die. And that's obviously a testament to his character. Yeah. But also, Pete Carroll as a coach... You feed off of your coach, man. Yeah. When they are like, we are still in this, and they believe your players never stop fighting. Yeah. And there are. I would love to play for a coach like Pete Carroll, man. Mm-hmm. That well, would... well, I think, like, uh, Coach Potassa, yeah. like, yeah. he's got a lot of that in him, too. Where... He is, yeah. He's the kind of coach that you would just you'd run through a brick wall for, you know? Right. Like, Right. I remember back in the day, like, watching his Vanier Cup speech when the Mac best, won. The best speech Ooh. ever. I. I might watch that when I get home tonight, you know. <laughs> Just cry. Yeah, help me help me push through some some studying. <laughs> I thought you were going to through some stuff I've been dealing with. That too. That too. <laughs> oh man. But um yeah, so that was that was a really really fun game to watch. That was just like a true QB battle, but dude, Seattle's defense it's bad. Is poo-poo and <laughs> Jamal Adams got worked by Stefan Diggs a couple times. Okay, you man. know what? Watching that game, Jamal Adams is a great highlight player, but I think his ego is so big that he's always trying to make a highlight. Mm-hmm. And so he doesn't play smart. And like he's like, you know, he rushes the passer as a safety, and he's like really good at it yeah. for, as a safety, but... You know, and he he gives up a lot of big plays. Yeah. He does not play safety in the way that you want your safety to play. He's yeah. like a linebacker. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's kind of like watching Jonathan Abram play for the Raiders. Yeah. He's like 
always looking for the contact and the big hit and like the the play that's gonna like be like ah yeah like look down on the other but then, guy but right. you can if you get the running game going and you do play action he's the first he's gonna bite hard right yeah so i think there's definitely some questions after this week about jamal adams in coverage which is a pretty necessary thing as a safety so. in the year so. 2020 right um, he's definitely not what Cam Chancellor was as a no, pass no, defender, no, no, dude. No. It's like Cam Chancellor as a pass defender, one of the most outstanding safeties I've ever seen. Like yeah. that that NFC Championship, the against, Vernon Davis hit dude, on the sideline is like yeah, Richard Sherman tipping it. Yeah, it's just like all around, man. He was such a rangy guy, and he for was like who he had all the like too. he had all like the big hitting stuff that Jamal Adams has. But he also was just a great, like, deep cover guy. Yeah. <clears throat> like, he's kind of, like, the closest thing to Ed Reed, post-Ed Reed sort of thing. Where it's, like, you're going to bring the boom, but he's pretty solid in coverage, too. You know what I mean? Ed I'm Reed not is saying the, it. Ed, Ed Reed is, is the best safety I've ever seen in my life. Brian Dawkins is pretty close. No, it's Ed Weapon Reed. X. Ed Reed. Um, played in a way better team and better system, but... Mm, not for a long time. Better teammates. One good teammate. Terrell Suggs. Okay, two. Hello, Dinata. Okay, three. That's <laughs> <laughs> a pretty good defense. That's a third of the defense right there. Um, but Let us know who you think is the best safety of all time. Put it in the comments. It's Ed Reed. But, um, yeah, we are veering, but Buffalo, Seattle. Are you worried about Seattle big picture-wise? A little bit in terms of the playoff run because I think the offense is... You've just always seen it's like you need a solid defense to make it through the playoffs and not to beat the dead horse because all everyone always goes, oh, well, the number one offense versus the number one defense. The defense always wins. Well, it's like, no, last year the Chiefs kind of proved everyone wrong. Yeah. Right or yeah. wrong? Right. So things are changing a little bit and it obviously comes down to... It's like not just usually being the you, number one offense, but having the number one dynamic playmaker, which it's Pat Mahomes and Russell Wilson. Those yeah. are the two guys. I would say that usually to win the game, you need to score more points than your opponent. That is pretty profound. Thank and you. I feel like that's something that you would hear on Monday Night Football's broadcast. Booger McFarland. I, I got that right from him. Okay, Monday Night Football is way worse than Thursday Night Football now. Thursday Night Football is going to be a good matchup this week. Monday Night Football is a joke, man. It's awful. I Three people on a broadcast is too much. I, I haven't addressed this, but I cut my finger today. That's a side note. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a marshmallow. Um, but Thursday Night Football is going to be a good matchup this week. We never get to talk about it because we do our yeah. second recording on Friday. But uh, Tennessee and um, Colts. I believe. Mm, yeah, that's a big game. It's Divisional. Going to be a good game. All right, um, anyways. Pittsburgh-Dallas. Pittsburgh-Dallas. I couldn't believe it. I thought this was the lock of the week. Minus 14 for Dallas. I, I was like very convinced that Dallas was going to get blown off the field. Um, I mean, they showed up. They played hard. The defense played well for once. Like mm-hmm. Garrett Gilbert, whoever you are, great job, man. Dude, and that's what we've been saying. It's like sometimes just a switch at quarterback. Yeah. Rejuvenates a team and it makes everyone play harder, right? When you, maybe the, you don't know, maybe 
at practice, this guy's been lighting it up, and like the defensive line's like, yo, why isn't this guy starting? The defensive yeah. backs are like, yeah. why isn't this guy in? Why do we yeah, have the donkey well Danucci? You know? <laughs> this is like, why do we have this guy? He's actually who it should be. Because people don't realize the defensive backs and the defense in general have a lot of opinions how the offense should be For running sure. on always, every football always. team. You know? They have a lot to say. So when you see that switch, like players and coaches and everyone involved in football they always go you you can only affect what you can affect focus on you play defense some teams even have the defense separated so they're only doing chalk talk on the sideline during a game rather than watching the offense so they stay engaged in what they need to do specifically and assignment wise but that's not the reality of the game it's a true brotherhood and it's you want to see your offense do well yeah. because it gives you a break when you're on the sideline especially as a pass rusher or defensive yeah i mean that something. doesn't really explain why the defense was so bad even when dak was healthy right 100%. but but i do understand what you're saying where like they're also you know if they're watching this guy in practice killing it and it's like andy dalton sucks but he's the big name and, mm-hmm. and then this guy finally gets on the field sometimes you just get energized you're just like hey right. look at this guy from the arena league He's been balling out in practice. Right. Or not Arena League, XFL. Yeah. AFL. AFL? I think so. I don't, I don't think one of One of the FLs. I don't know. One TFL. Of the FLs. <laughs> hey. So, okay, so for this game, Pittsburgh and Dallas, do you think it has more to do, like, are you worried about Pittsburgh, or is it just like one of these trap games where you just play down to your competition? The thing that I'm worried about, first of all, it's kind of like how we talk about the division thing. I think mm-hmm. it's a Pittsburgh-Dallas thing where it's always kind of close yeah. because they're... The, all the Super Bowl All the Super Bowls, there's a lot of history, whatever. Also... It's like um, the two most storied franchises in the league. Absolutely. Green Bay as well. Yeah. In there. But, um, you know, it's... I think the biggest thing that I forgot about, and I think a lot of people were like, oh, wait, this is a reality we have to worry about as Steelers fans, Big Ben getting injured. Yeah. Which is a big thing yep and you know our group chat was getting lit up with our boy cam he's like oh big ben milking it again he's the biggest injury milker of all time he's gonna be limping after every throw he makes just to make a big deal out of it (laughs) and it's like i don't know if it's that but big ben has been historically the injury guy he has a broken nose he has a broken foot his toenails hanging off by it's like it like has like added to his mystique where he just plays through all these like injuries but right he has covid now he's on the covid list yeah apparently it might he it's precautionary because he was around someone who tested positive so he might be fine to play by by um sunday right but regardless they're still gonna make the playoffs and their teamwork doesn't matter once they get rolling i mean rolling. they still won a w is a w, w but, is a w. but i do th- i don't i'm not as concerned with pittsburgh as i am just like i think dallas showed up to play and, and kind of surprised everyone yeah you know for sure for sure um but i do think one thing to be worried about though is big ben he is a fragile big log of crap and He's yeah. making plays, but he's you got to remember what he is. He's a '57 Chevy. It's like the thing will run forever, but sometimes you got to tune it up, you know. Yeah. And um, so that's one thing for my Super Bowl pick. Is like I'm a little worried about that. Well, yeah. Right. But but as long as he's healthy enough to play in a game, then I'm not worried. Because yeah. I know Ben Roethlisberger 
can still make magic happen. (laughs) I know he can make magic happen even if he's a little nicked up. It just depends if he can actually stay on the field. Right, 100%. So uh, let's go on to the horror of your weekend. (sighs) Justin Herbert looked good. He's amazing. (laughs) I love the guy. Dude, someone on Pro Football Focus was like, Justin Herbert just can't win. And basically alluding to like, it's his fault. It's like, Pro Football Focus, you guys are real smart. You got some freezing cold takes over there, too. That's an awful take, because it all boils down to decision-making at the end of the game. Decision-making, bad defense, lack of run game. So in that last drive, Anthony Lynn takes a timeout before the two-minute warning. That's a Madden trick. Before the two-minute warning. And then he takes one again at like a minute 40... And then you have one timeout for a minute 40. We have to go spike the ball once they get to, like, the first and goal. Yeah. And you have nine seconds left. Mm-hmm. Six seconds left or something. So you, it totally just limits you by just poor game management. Mm-hmm. And I'm so sick of Anthony Lynn mismanaging the end of the game. Yeah. And what he came out and said, he's like, we've been punching the gut six times. It's like... Bro, it's like you're culpable for that. Don't yeah. you're the statement you make when you say that makes it sound like we got screwed. This yeah, it's not times. like oh, like a hail mary. Oh, what a lucky play! It's yeah. like no the immaculate you, reception. Yeah, no, it's not a gut punch. Like, you're blowing it. You're leaving it down to a 22 year old rookie quarterback who stepped in and also got the crap knocked out of him yeah. that whole game. Yeah, like he has been so good. And they've asked him to do so much, and he's delivered on everything. Yeah. Help him a little bit. A little bit. Just a little bit. The play calling is whatever, but it's just like... Like, I think the OC is very good. I really like Shane Steichen a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think him and Herbert have something going. If they fire Anthony Lynn, they cannot lose Shane Steichen. Promoto. I don't know, because that, that reminds me of the Freddie Kitchens thing. I don't think he's ready to be a head coach. Freddie Kitchens was a dummy dumb from the hills of Virginia. Every time he opened his mouth, it was like when George Bush was president of the United States. You're like, how's this guy leading the free world? It's like, (laughs) how is Freddie Kitchens the head coach of the most exciting talent-filled team in the NFL? Yeah, like young talent. He was was not a good coach. Just because you're a good play caller doesn't... Exactly, and that's why I don't want to promote Steichen. I get that. I get that. You shouldn't do it if you don't feel comfortable. But I mean, it's not like it's my decision, but (laughs) but I'm just saying, like, I I think he's a great OC, but Anthony Lynn, um, me and my cousin, we had this thing called uh, Vance Joseph face. Yeah. So Vance Joseph, when he was the head coach of the Broncos, Mm -hmm. at the end of the game, if you ever looked at him, he just was like... Disheveled. Yeah, you just had no idea what's going on. Yeah. And this season, Anthony Lynn has Vance Joseph face. Really? It's actually Anthony Lynn face now. Yeah. Because he has no idea what he's doing. He's taking over. He's like a he's a very motivating guy. I don't doubt the players like him. I just think he might be in over his head a little bit. For sure. Dude, it comes to I mean, we haven't been pro football coaches, but we've been around football long enough where you can really, really tell when there's someone who has an air of confidence around yeah. them, they have an aura of success and organization and discipline and respect from their players. And I think now it's like the players might love Anthony Lynn, but do they trust him mm-hmm. at the end of a game to 
to make the right decisions. No, I I would rather have a coach that I didn't like, but I yes. respected than one who I was boys with because yeah. that makes it a real sticky scenario, you know, as mm-hmm. a GM where you're like, oh, but the guys love him, but it's like, well, is he producing, you know? And that's just the same thing with the quarterback switch. Sometimes a head coach switch with the same roster, you you could be in the NFC Championship. Yeah, I mean, this year is kind of a wash for the Chargers. Like, at this point, we're kind of behind the eight ball. But, uh, and so, like, if you want to ride out with Anthony Lynn for the rest of the year and just see what happens, that's fine. It's the Justin Herbert rookie of the year campaign, Mm -hmm. you know. But after this year, I think they need to make a change. Yeah. Unless they go on an eight-game winning streak. That would be wild. AFC West, where you at? Okay, we're kind of running out of time here, but uh, Miami-Arizona, last week we said it was going to be the best game of the week. We had it as game of the week, and it turned out to be great, dude. Thoughts on Tua? I think he looked great. I think he he looked he looked like he was having fun out there. You know, there's so few NFL quarterbacks that just like look like they're having fun mm-hmm. when they're playing. Yeah. Like Russell Wilson when he's out there. He's just Yeah, it's just like it, it reminds you of like play, it reminds you of like playing in with your boys after school, you know? Yeah. Um, but but coordinated too. It's not like Johnny Manziel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like oh, I'm gonna throw it up in the air and see what happens. He's he's making calculated risks. Yeah. He looked I think I think it uh I think I'm more on board with the switch from Fitzpatrick to Tua now that I mm-hmm. saw that game is like I see what they see right. where it's like this offense is just like a little bit more dynamic. Mm-hmm. Fitz is a great guy. He's he's a good quarterback in this league, but he, he he's not dynamic. He's not going to change the way your offense moves. Right. And that's what NFL quarterbacks are. Yeah. I mean, on the other side of the ball, I think Kyler Murray played just about as well as yeah. he could have played too. He had a great game, man, and like... And they were one short field goal away from tying the game, and who knows what happens in overtime, right? Exactly. And, dude, it's like, Kyler, man, he looked... His jump, we've also talked about the jump from year one to two, and the jump from two to three. His jump from year one to two is so on par with really really good quarterbacks like he already looks like a guy who's like a top 10 kind of guy i would say so he's the real deal he's like he's because i feel like it's it's a lot easier to have a good rookie year than it is to have a good sophomore year Mm -hmm. because the film is out on you after your rookie year definitely and coaches expect more of you the playbook opens up more. you're making more reads and and kyler has delivered completely yeah that one read option on the fourth and one that he ended up taking for like 30 yards or whatever that was such a great play and to have an extra guy because usually you have your three running back you have sorry your three receivers on the field and your running back we're like these are the playmakers we've got to get the ball into their hand but with miami and arizona when you and, you know, in Any Seattle. Any team that can run with their quarterback. Where it's like, you now have a guy. It's like, I could just, we can give me the ball and I can make the play one-on-one in this scenario to keep the chains rolling, keep the ball rolling. You're not stuck in that one-dimensional where it's like, I need to give this to someone else to get the yeah, job. Yeah, and that's why it's so hard. Like, I think that's the difference between Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson where it's like, Kyler Murray, you can't just be like, we're going to just stop him from running. Mm-hmm. Because he'll dice you up 100%. throwing the ball. And he has the weapons to do so yeah. in Arizona. I mean, not that Lamar doesn't, but definitely. But the, the, the Ravens are just a differently built team. Yeah. They're not built to spread the ball around. They're mm-hmm. built to punch you in your mouth. Yeah. 
but I think that Kyler Murray, like, with Cliff Kingsbury's offense where everything is so wide open and spread out and you got so many guys that you can get the ball to, and Kyler is a running threat, it's just, like, you can't account for everything in that offense. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. So, I mean, back to Tua, though, I think as a thrower of the ball, dude, it's like he looked... Lucky lefty, ooh. baby. He looked real good. I mean, a lot of the time when I'm looking at it, I was saying to you, it kind of looks like the ball's drifting or going out of bounds or something, but I guess that's just that lefty spin. Yeah, it's just the arc where it's like it looks like it's going up and then it'll just drop right down yeah. for some reason. But Yeah, so really exciting. We're going to follow those two teams a lot going he, forward. And, and the thing with Tua is, like, he looked... His hip looked good. Like, he mm. was running. He was moving really well. Yeah. Because that was a big question, right? He's like, is he going to be able to move well? Is he going to be right. able to extend plays like he did in college with yeah. his hip injury? And, you know, like, great for him with the rehab and the surgery because he looks like... He looks smooth still. Right. And, you know, with this loss, no knock on Arizona. Like, they haven't dropped no, out no. of, like, what I view of them. I was saying last and week. And my power rankings are going to look very different after this week. 100%. 100%. Super different. Um, so check in uh, Saturday. Saturday morning for that. Um, but I really still feel that Arizona is close to the top five. And I think Miami's like, creeping in there too dude they're a good team i'm looking forward to seeing uh miami and buffalo play yeah dude that's gonna that that will be a really good game because miami's in the run to win that division yeah that's too. what i mean so yeah. if they if they can prove it against the top dogs in the division right now dog yeah. mode dog mode brian flores Tua. keep it up i'm 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 optimistic about the dolphins me too i am feeling good that was a dolphin uh, yeah, watch the video to see me gyrate. Um, yeah, our picks sucked anyways. Yeah, we don't really they need were to all wrong. Them. They were all wrong. Probably no one's listening at this point anyways, but we're going to cut those clips. Check them out on YouTube. Check out our clips. At Highlight Hub. They get more views than our podcast get listens. And That's uh, fine. That's our niche. Yeah, it is. Niche. I hate when people say Niche. Niche. It's not niche, it's niche. Why would there be an E on the end? I don't know. I don't say niche. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> let's close out with a song. This one was was requested by... Louis. Louis. What a wonderful podcast. Drop back your pants. Oh, I need strip sack. It's a fumble. All right. He can go all the way. That's it. Touchdown! That's how winning is done! That's why we lift all them weights! It's a game of inches, gentlemen! Respect is earned! Riff said! The Little Jam! Your team sucks, see?